I didn't hear. We're going to start without her. Okay, tell her we have a quorum. Yeah. And she'll call back in. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, good morning. I, I call the San Francisco Department of Disability and Aging Services Commission meeting of Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022 to order. I am the DOS Commission President, Martha Knudsen. This commission meeting is being conducted pursuant to provisions of the Brown Act and recent executive orders issued by the governor to facilitate teleconferencing to reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission at public meetings. Ordinarily, the Brown Act sends strict rules for teleconferencing. The governor recently signed a new amendment to the Brown Act to allow continued use of teleconferencing for public meetings during a state of emergency, provided that commissions such as ours make certain findings. To comply with this legal requirement, item five and six on this morning agenda is the request to consider whether continued use of teleconferencing will minimize health risks and whether our commission is able to use teleconferencing in a manner that allows public participation and transparency. As noted on the agenda, members of the public may observe this teleconference meeting via sfgovtv.org and sfgovtv channel 78, and they may offer public comment by calling the published public comment phone number. I'd like to welcome the members of the public and staff who are watching us live on sfgovtv. The commission asks and thanks you for patience during these unprecedented times. We respectfully ask the public to have patience and expect delays and gaps during the meeting, particularly during public comment. I want to welcome and thank uh, James Kawana and Corwin Cooley from uh, TIS department for assisting today. Uh, and I wanted to thank uh, Justin Chico, who's been uh, doing double duty as a staff member of DOS, uh, who is now, now able to uh, focus on his, his real duties and doesn't have to help with the meetings anymore. But we wanted to say how much we appreciated Justin for, I think, the last couple of years helping us with these meetings. Um, to eliminate background interference, all panelists and presenters that are presenting via WebEx are asked to mute themselves when not speaking or waiting to present. The San Francisco HSA DOS Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to repay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Secretary, can you please take the roll? Thank you, President Knutson. Commissioners, please respond with present when I call your name. President Martha Knutson. Present. Vice President Janet Spears. Present. Commissioner Sasha Bidner. Present. Commissioner Wanda Zhang. Present. Commissioner Nelson Lum. Not present. Commissioner Barbara Sklar. Present. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Thank you, Commissioner Sklar. And DOS Executive Director Kelly Dearman. Present. President Knudsen, we have a quorum. Great. Thank you. Um, Commissioners, the next item, item three is communications. We'd like to provide further instructions for the public comment process. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda and during general public comment. Both channels 78 and sfgovtv.org are streaming the number across the screen. Each speaker will be allowed to speak for three minutes. Comments or opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call. During each public comment period, viewers and callers will be instructed to call 1-415-655-0001 using access code 2486-572-2688-POUND and then pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, Dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. You will have three minutes to speak. 
You will be informed by the moderator when you have 30 seconds left. After 30 seconds, you will be muted and placed back to listening mode. Alternatively, public comment can be submitted via email to ravi.derbige at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commission and will be included as part of the official docket. Are there are any other communications from the DOS commission members? Yes, I do have something I wanted to um, let people know about. I'm honored to uh, tell you that Commissioner Bittner has been appointed by President Biden to the National Disability Council. Um, this is an honor that uh, it came due to a nomination by Speaker Pelosi. Uh, so we're just very proud of Commissioner Bittner and uh, wanted to express our um, congratulations at the meeting. Thank you so much. So then, commissioners, back to work. <laughs> Our next, next item is agenda item four, approving the minutes of Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, DOS Commission meeting. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding the Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, DOS Commission meeting minutes? Commissioners? And hearing none, uh, we're seeing... Seeing nothing. Mr. Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on the item? Do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Uh, no callers. Thank you. Okay, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, is there a motion to approve the Wednesday, October 5th, 2022 DOS Commission meeting minutes? I move. Great. Thank you. Uh, from Commissioner Bittner and a second from Commissioner Jung. Um, Mr. Secretary, can you please take the roll call vote to approve Wednesday, October 5th, 2022 DOS Commission meeting minutes? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? I wasn't present, so I think I... Uh, recuse myself from that. Okay. Is that correct? That's fine. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Um, yeah. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Thank you. We have a quorum. We have a vote. That That's fine. We have a vote. <laughs> we have a vote. Yeah. <laughs> We're fine. Uh, commissioners, your next item is agenda item five, the resolution to hold in-person meetings with some members possibly appearing remotely. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding this resolution? I just wanted to note today, uh, so f pay attention to the uh, WebEx because we have uh, Vice President Spears, uh, Commissioner Bittner, and uh, uh Commissioner Sklar uh, participating remotely. Um, so there are there any other comments? I don't think so. Um, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on the item? Do we have anyone in the public who wishes to comment? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? And the moderator said there's no callers. Thank you. Okay, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, is there a motion to approve agenda item five, which is a resolution? Thank you, Commissioner second. Bittner. And a second from- Second. Ms. Thank you. <laughs> from uh, Vice President Spears, uh, for the resolution to hold in-person meeting with some members possibly appearing remotely. Um, can we have a roll call? President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Okay. Um, then, commissioners, your next item is agenda item six, authorization to allow third-party presenters who are not city employees to attend commission meetings virtually pending any California government code change or mayoral supplement to the emergency proclamation. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding this resolution? Hearing none, then um, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on this item? Do we have anyone in the public who wishes to comment? Moderator, please open the phone lines for public comment. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. 
Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? There are no callers. Thank you. Okay, then hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve agenda item six? I move. From uh, Commissioner Bittner and a second from Commissioner John. We got two seconds. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Mr. Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve the authorization to allow third-party presenters who are not city employees to attend commission meetings virtually pending any California government code change or mayoral supplement to the emergency proclamation? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Okay. Thank you so much uh, for all of that business. Now we can conduct our meeting. <laughs> okay. Uh, item 7 is the Executive Director's Report. Welcome, Executive Director Kelly Dearman. Thank you, President Knudsen, Commissioners. Good morning. Um, so I just have a few things. First, November is National Family Caregivers Month. It's celebrated every November. National Family Caregivers Month is a time to recognize and honor family caregivers across the country. It offers an opportunity to raise awareness of caregiving issues, educate communities, and increase support for caregivers. DOS assists family caregivers in multiple ways. We fund several critical community services for caregivers, including respite care, legal services, and care navigation. The vast majority of our 26,000 IHSS recipients also receive care from loved ones. We applaud family caregivers for the important role that they play within our long-term care continuum. Last month, the California Department of Social Services allocated an additional $3.4 million in funding to the Adult Protective Services Program to continue providing home-safe services through June 30th, 2025. Since the Home Safe started as a pilot program in 2019, the APS program has served 157 vulnerable adults. The APS program is operating the Home Safe program in strong collaboration with the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, the Department of Public Health, and the Institute on Aging. The individuals who are served via Home Safe receive a range of high-touch, ongoing services that include in eviction prevention, housing stabilization services, intensive case management, and when appropriate, placement into a licensed long-term care facility. APS anticipates serving an additional 75 vulnerable adults through this next allocation from CDSS. In some really good news, the RFP for the Disability Community Cultural Center was released on October 12th. So uh, we're really excited that this process is moving forward and we are happy to share the link with anyone who is interested. I'd also like to give a shout out to CQI and the student nurses. They are halfway done with the mobile influenza vaccination rollout. Given the projected severity of the flu season, we are especially proud of Rhea Mercado and her student nurses for this endeavor. Vaccinations are being conducted through scheduled on-site drop-ins in some locations and door-to-door -door visits. Over 150 clients have been vaccinated to date. CQI students are also doing health promotion trainings at Rosa Parks for residents. Lastly, as you know, Veterans Day is November 11th. The CVSO will be participating in the Warriors Hoops for Troops Night on Friday, November 11th, to help celebrate veterans. There will be an informational fair before the game in which the CVSO will table. Discounted admission tickets to watch the game are available through the CVSO. And in case you're really interested, it will be the Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavs that night. And that's all I have, if there are any questions. Thank you very much. Any comments or questions from our commissioners today? Commissioners, item eight is the DOS employee recognition. Executive Director Dearman, President Knudsen, and the DOS Commission will honor David Laun, who is a ser human services technician at IHSS. Honoring.
Kate. Okay, so before we get started, I'll just let you know that um, this is really fantastic because David and I work together at the IHSS Public Authority. So um, I remember when you got hired there. So I'm so happy to see all of your successes here. And we're so happy to have you. I'm proud of you. So, excuse me. David joined the Independent Provider Assistance Center, IPAC, after working with In-Home Supportive Services Public Authority and is always being complimented by both staff and clients alike for his astounding patience when assisting providers and recipients with the employment visit verification registration process. During the mass COVID-19 vaccinations at San Francisco General Hospital, David volunteered as a Cantonese and Mandarin translator and assisted visitors during the registration process. He also volunteered during the pandemic to work in the office to process the hundreds of provider registration packets and other paperwork that the Independent Provider Assistance Center receives weekly. We consider it a major win for IPAC to gain such a valuable addition to our team. In addition to performing his job at an exemplary professional level, David demonstrates an extraordinary commitment to his IPAC colleagues as well as to the recipients and providers of IHSS. Since he joined our team, we have all benefited from so many of his innovative ideas and problem-solving techniques. Since his time, David has already made numerous updates to our system. He is a computer whiz. Awesome. He is very knowledgeable and capable of troubleshooting technical issues and is always ready to assist with problem-solving solutions with anyone in the office. David is also very compassionate, and we can always rely on his help. He never has hesitates to offer his guidance and share his knowledge with his teammates. We are very happy to have David here and delighted that he is the DOS November Employee of the Month. Congratulations. Thank you, Kelly, and good morning, everyone. And I would like to use these opportunities to read something that from my own. Um, it is my great honor to receive the title of Employee of the Month. And thank you to the management um, from SF DOS and colleagues from IHSS, uh, IPAC supervisors, and all my colleagues from IPAC. And I would like to continue to do my best to help IHSS providers and recipients. For me, working in IPAC is like working in a big family. Uh, my, my teammates cheers me on and keep me moving forward every day. Thank you for nominating me for this award. And this award signifies the teamwork and delegations of the IPAC team to serve our communities. Thank you. Commissioners, item nine is the advisory council report presented by advisory council president, Diane Lawrence. Good morning, commissioners and executive director, Dearman. Um, the advisory council met on October 19th and um, executive director, Shereen McSpadden of the Department of Homelessness and, um, excuse me, housing support and homelessness uh, was our guest speaker. Um, it was nice to have Shireen back um, at an advisory council meeting. And um, I just want to, I, I summarized a lot in my report, but I wanted to point out a couple of things. Um, one of the questions the council has had about, was, has been about the follow-up of the clients that were served um, in the SIP hotels during the um, pandemic and during the lockdown. So we were given a report on what's happened um, in the rehousing of those uh, clients. And um, so there were three choices that were given. 
Um, and some chose to go to supportive housing and to shelters. Um, some went back to the streets and others were able to reunite and uh, with family members. So, um, and there are still two hotels that they're working through the um, closing of, um, from the pandemic. Um, um, HSH is in the second phase of their strategic plan. Um, they um, had to give the state a plan in June and so that pushed back some of their timeline in completing the report, uh, the strategic plan. Um, and what they're doing in the um, report is that they're interviewing people with the lived experience of being homeless um, so that they have uh, primary, primary information and to be able to take that into account. They're also talking with the provider community and they're redesigning the whole coordinated reentry program, which can be a little uh, problematic and doesn't always prioritize those that are uh, most needy. So that, that's continuing to be worked on. And Director McSpadden, Executive Director McSpadden offered to come back when the report is completed um, to report to the council, uh, given the work that was done last year on our report on homelessness. Um, they're also in, Part of that plan besides the focus groups that they've talked to they're looking and working on shared goals with other city departments that interface uh, and provide services to the homeless and uh, provide housing supports and those include the department of public health the housing authority the mayor's office on community housing and community develop hsa's uh, benefits and family supports and also, of course, DOS. So we're looking forward to Director, Executive Director McSpadden returning in February. We were given, as always, an update on the LGBTQ community, and um, there's a works being done to um, on a statewide LGBTQ aging program, and that's being done with the, the Director of Open House, uh, Kate Sullivan. And this study is done every few years so that the data stays robust. And what they're hoping is that such a report will help get dollars via the master plan. And as we've discussed many times, and Executive Director Dearman has also discussed with us, that's where SOGI data is so critically important. Um, and there is a new mural at the 75 Laguna. Um, facility of uh, housing with a mural on um, highlighting long-term HIV survivors. Um, and there was, an, there was an open house to show off the mural. Uh, Dignity Fund update. So we updated the council on the data evaluation framework. Um, they uh, also discussed the service provider working group and their strategies and um, we will uh, continue to keep the um, council updated as we move forward. The site visit to the Bayview Senior Center is still uh, moving to the, getting the um, on-site um, in-person visit is um, the council member, Eva Aber still working to get that scheduled. Um, and then because this is a year for elections, a nominating committee was formed and approved unanimously. And normally the elections would be held in December, but since we're not having a December meeting, we're gonna push them into January. Um, and again, we will not meet in December since it runs so close to the holidays. So are there any questions? Are there any questions from commissioners, comments? I don't. Hearing none, thank you very much. <laughs> Commissioners, item nine, item 10 is the joint legislative report also presented by Advisory Council President Diane Lawrence. So we had our last joint legislative committee meeting for the year. Um, the legislature has closed its 21-22 legislative session. And we basically focused on those bills that were signed into law or vetoed. Um, and these were the bills that have been tracking. I think I reported 
at a recent meeting that at that point the governor had somewhere between 700 and 900 bills to sign. Um, the department uh, did a summary for us and I attached that to the, um, to the report. Uh, but I want to make sure that uh, they get credit for the hard work and putting that together. I'm making making us look good. Um, the uh, the main point of the veto message um, by the governor, and it, we see it in almost every one, is that if there wasn't money, if it was going to be an ongoing program which required funding, he wanted to see it in the budget because he was very conscious that revenues may decrease. So there will be some bills that probably will come back next year with that budget ask already in there. We're definitely, um, CSL is beginning their work. Um, in October, they uh, began working on their strategies for 2023, and they've already are committing to including their budget asks in those bills. Um, and we will resume our meetings in January where we'll look uh, first at what's uh, CSL strategies, although we'll have those sooner, and then also make sure we've got our timelines built in for any advocacy next year. Um, the one bill I'm sorry to report got vetoed is um, AB 2077 Calderon's on the monthly maintenance allowance that we've discussed for years. Um, that one has been vetoed, and we don't know if that will come back or not. Um, most everyone we looked at, again, was vetoed due to uh, budget issues. So I've detailed those that we were tracking from last month that had, um, where we knew they were, they were being chaptered, but we were just waiting to see what the governor did. So we begin again in two months, start all over with a brand new list. And I really, the uh, committee thanked Commissioner Bittner and Commissioner Lum for their help. They really added a lot of insight uh, to our work this past year. We look forward to that, hopefully continuing next year. Okay, thank you so much for all the work that you did for that. And um, are there any comments or questions from commissioners on specific legislation like I, I I want to also note we do get that summary and take a look at it so thank you so much for doing that and also the summary and I'm glad that you were assisted by Commissioner Bittner and Lum that sounds good that's um, great any any other input from commissioners on that I just have a comment sure of course um President Lawrence I just want to again thank you for the excellent format the, the chart and the um summer reports that's attached is really helpful and I totally agree with you regarding AB 2077. Um, I am also very sorry to see that that continues to be yeah. veto. Um, I have to give um, the department also credit for my chart. I just take their <laughs> chart and reformat it. I'm pretty good at, re at copying and uh, copy save that. So um, well, it does work. Make, it, make it a lot easier. Yeah. So we just work from there and then I add add things to it so great thank you i think we're ready for the next report commissioners item 11 is the case report presented by daniel gallagher good morning commissioners <laughs> executive director german nice to see you again uh, this is the case report uh, with regards to case programming, um, our October, uh, we met with the uh, Oversight and Advisory Commission uh, and reported on the service provider working group comments and recommendations of the Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment um, and uh, recommendations, the findings and recommendations that inform the service allocation plan. And I'll speak a little bit more on that later. Uh, in November, we, we uh, will have Paul Lamb, who will who presents the services provided by the, the Victim Services Division of the San Francisco District Attorney's Office. The Victim Services Division provides advocacy for victims in the criminal justice system, linkages to community service resources, and supports them in victim compensation claims. 
And um, the Victim Services Division also wishes to engage the community to increase awareness, improve access to services, establish connections, and foster collaboration with community providers and stakeholders. So that'll be an interesting presentation in November. And in December, CASE uh, will host its annual holiday party, which hasn't been so annual in the last couple of years. Last time we had it was in uh, December 2019. Uh, but we'll have that on December 5th from 4.30 to 7 at the Mission Neighborhood Center located on Cap Street. And uh, you all should receive an invitation to that if you so would like to come. Uh, regarding CASE activity, um, the service provider working group uh, in collaboration with, uh, with Dodd's manager, managerial staff met on September uh, 12th to discuss the service allocation plan and uh, the findings from the needs assessment. And, uh, and what we did is we broke up into small groups to brainstorm strategies to operationalize the Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment recommendations identify steps to take for implementation, um, identify recommendations and uh, implement, implementation strategies um, that were priorities and uh, try to ensure meaningful engagement of adults uh, with disabilities, racial equity and LGBTQ plus inclusion. Um, so you could see on the attachment that I sent to the commission, um, the findings that were grouped as we grouped those in subgroups uh, when we met. And I, I just want to point out, I don't need to, to uh, dive deep into this, um, but the findings um, are, are uh, entitled there, finding one, finding three, finding uh, seven, uh, ad nauseum. Um, and then uh, the recommendations there are in bold, um, as in finding one, the service awareness and navigation. Um, and then the recommendations were an online resource directory and the diversity modes of communication. Those sub bullets there um, are the comments and the recommendations from the service provider working group. Um, so you can read through the outline in that context. Um, Case has also uh, had uh, identified its broad scope for budget advocacy for the next fiscal year. You can see that we are hoping to continue to uh, work on closing the digital divide, uh, provide more behavioral and mental health services to the community, um, improve transportation um, and public safety, and sometimes those go together. Um, uh, we also want to address, uh, continue to address um, outreach and access to services, caregiving respite, uh, cultural and language, linguistic um, competency, and, um, and creative aging. Um, and uh, CASE will continue to, uh, to uh, uh, receive feedback from its membership on current programs and services with the goal to educate the membership and again assist with outreach and referrals that we find to be so critical these days as um, we try to um, climb out of the pandemic and, um, and, and reach those uh, folks that are really isolated in our communities and, and continue to provide services in, in either in-center services or, or um, hybrid services. And that concludes our case report. Thank you. Thank you very much, and I think um, you know that both Co Commissioner Jung and I have the benefit of hearing that report at the um, OIS, and it was very, very helpful. So I urge the other commissioners to take a look at uh, the inserts that you provided to us so that it's very good to, to have that input in. I want to acknowledge all the work that went into those working groups to help us implement our plans and goals. So. Well, it was a collaborative effort with yeah. us, and we thank them right. as well. Right. Thank you so thank, much. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Any other commission input or questions? Okay. Um, then we can move on to public comment. Commissioners, item 12 is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the commission on matters that are not on today's calendar. Are there any members of the public that would like to address the commission today? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. 
Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? There are no callers. Thank you. Commissioners, your next item is item 13, old business. Commissioners, please indicate by raising your hand if there's any old business that you'd like to discuss. WebEx? Okay. Seeing none, I will hand it over to President Knudsen to call the next item. Great, thank you so much. Um, commissioners, the next agenda item is item 14, new business. Items 14A through 14D are action items that require a vote by the commission. And the first item is item 14A, review and approval of the California Department of Aging's Senior Nutrition Infrastructure Grant, contract number NI2223-06, the associated budget and all subsequent amendments. And Tiffany Kearney will be presenting this item, welcome. Thank you. Good morning, President Knudsen, Commissioners, and Executive Director Dearman. My name is Tiffany Kearney. I'm the lead nutritionist for DOS. This morning, I'm presenting two contracts with the California Department of Aging for your approval. The first agenda item before you is one of those contracts and is for the home, the home and community-based services senior nutrition infrastructure grant program. Through this grant, DOS will receive $1,052,073 to fund capacity and infrastructure improvement grants for congregate and home-delivered nutrition programs. And through this contract, DOS will award each of our nutrition partners funding to support the purchasing, upgrading and refurbishing of infrastructure for the production and distribution of meals. During the past couple of years, community nutrition programs across the state have provided vital services to ensure older adults, adults with disabilities, and their caregivers have access to support, including nutrition. It is crucial for our nutrition partners who have a long-standing history of providing essential services to be able to meet the needs of the communities they serve under normal circumstances and in emergencies like the pandemic. In the spring of 19, or 19, in the spring of 2019, uh, Meals on Wheels of California, on behalf of senior nutrition programs across the state, submitted an advocacy proposal requesting funding to support infrastructure grants to ensure community nutrition partners can effectively and efficiently continue to meet the need for support in the community. Their proposal resulted in a $30 million, uh, $30 million of grant funding to enhance, expand, and increase senior nutrition infrastructure in California. And our contract with CDA before you now stems from that grant funding secured through Meals on Wheels of California's proposal. As part of CDA's infrastructure grant requirements, DOS submitted for pre-approval each of our nutrition partners' funding requests. If the commission approves the DOS contract with CDA this morning, the department will then modify nutrition part, our nutrition partners' grant budgets accordingly to include the funding received for each of their requests. Thank you for your time and consideration. If you have any questions, I will do my best to answer them now. Uh, great. Do we have any comments or questions from commissioners? Uh, I just have one question. Mm -hmm. I, was, I noticed um, in the attached documents that it's a listing for 60 odd items of yeah. requests. Can you tell me a little bit about the process? How did that this yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so when we we received notification from CDA, you know, of our allocation of that thirty-eight million dollars, and um, then we subsequently um, reached out to our congregate and home-delivered meal providers, and we followed a, a very similar allocation method that CDA that CDA employed for all of the um, PSAs in the state, which was we provided everyone with a base base funding amount, uh, which was $10,000, which left then, you know, a little shy of, what's it, about a little under a um, million dollars to distribute amongst the providers. And so we basically said, you know, submit your wish list, what your needs are, and then each of them were allocated um, based on um, 
based on sort of their size, how many meals they serve, and any of the priorities that um, were set forth, like in our service and allocation plan or the dignity fund needs assessment. Um, and then those things were, and then their items were funded. CDA also had, um, had some specific um, items that they, um, that they prioritized. Like for example, um, things that like um, upgrades to energy efficient, um, you know, appliances or lighting. Like I think one of our providers, um, self-help for the elderly is um, being funded for um, an upgrade to lighting in their new home uh, delivered meal distribution plant. So that's sort of the process. Some providers, um, they didn't have, like some providers, for example, Project Open Hand, um, they're a larger provider and they, um, you know, their requests didn't actually match their allocation. It was actually a little less. Oh, I guess I'm talking too much. Is that, or no? No, it's just. Oh no, that's the emergency yeah, thing. <laughs> I just don't know how to turn it on. It's it's fine. Okay, um, you know, so they so you know then that the funding that they didn't use was um, dispersed to all the other providers because some providers, of course, had um, had requests that were well above and beyond what their allocation was. Um, so that's sort of the the process. Thank you. That's not like a really comprehensive and thorough process. Thank you. And I, yeah, please don't be distracted by the alert. It is an important amber alert that's going on, so that's why it's taken over our, which is an appropriate thing, but just that it has nothing to do with the meeting, so we can continue. And it was not your three minutes. <laughs> okay. What I was interested and impressed with was sort of how comprehensive and how many agencies were assisted by this, and also the, the items they asked for are so basic that it really demonstrated to me the need for this request and I was appreciative that they, we got the money through the state and just it just shows you how all of these agencies which had so much to do with getting us through the pandemic and helping people um, needed very basic <laughs> items. Yeah. So it was the level of detail that I was sort of wanted to well, and there was also a lot, a lot of wear, like yeah. see on the vehicles, there was a lot of wear and tear on their equipment because they were producing at such large, much larger volume, um, you know, driving across the city much more so than they used to. So that just, yeah, things, you know, wore out. Yeah, more so, more f quickly. Yeah, so I just appreciate that we could continue that work. So that, that was my, any other questions from uh, commissioners on this item? Or comments? Then do we have members of the public who want to comment? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on agenda item 14A? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item 14A. We will allow some time for callers to submit the request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? And the moderator says no callers in the queue. Thank you. Okay, then we will close public comment. Um, do we have a motion uh, to approve agenda item A? I'll move. I'll move. From, uh, we got a, a motion by um, Commissioner Bittner, and I think a second from Sklar. Thank you for that. Um, uh, can we please call the roll? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Jenna Weiss Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Jung, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you, Commissioners. The next order of business is Agenda Item B and requires a vote by the Commission. Item B, 14B is for uh, review and approval of the California Department of Aging Supplemental Nutrition Assistant Program Education, SNAP, known as SNAP-Ed, and CalFresh Exp Expansion Contract, CF-2223-06 budget, and any subsequent amendments. Requesting authorization to modify the existing grant agreement with Self-Help for the Elderly for the provision of community 
Community Services Grant to include CalFresh Healthy Living during the period October 1st, 2022 through September 30th, 2025 in the amount of $728,648.40 plus a 10% contingency for a total amount not to exceed $801,513.24. And again, uh, Tiffany Kearney is here to present the item. Thank you again, commissioners. Um, so the second contract um, with the California Department of Aging that I'm presenting to the commission for approval is for SNAP-Ed and CalFresh expansion. We are also asking um, the commission to um, approve a, a self-help for the elderly's uh, grant modification so that they can continue to administer SNAP-Ed, also known in California as CalFresh Healthy Living, um, and to facilitate the uh, physical activity component of the program. SNAP-Ed programming strives to improve the health of consumers through education and healthy community changes. SNAP-Ed also provides opportunities for our consumers to participate in evidence-based physical activity programming. DOS's SNAP-Ed funding enables our partners to provide enhanced health and wellness education that is relevant to the consumers they serve. For example, one of our nutrition uh, partners uh, last year provided a nutrition education class on seasoning food uh, with, citrus food, with citrus fruit um, and used SNAP-Ed funding to provide uh, citrus zesters to take home for the clients who participated in the class. This type of enhancement reinforces the education provided and makes it easier for the consumers to apply what they've learned. Another one of our uh, nutrition uh, partners used SNAP-Ed funding to support their rooftop edible garden, which they use as a resource for some of their nutrition education classes for their clients. The physical activity programs supported by SNAP-Ed include Tai Chi, Walk with Ease, and Bingo Size. Self-Help offers these programs on virtual platforms and is also um, offering the Tai Chi class in person. In addition to SNAP-Ed funding, DOS is receiving a little over $96,000 of annual funding for the next three years to direct towards outreach and enrollment for CalFresh benefits with a particular focus on reaching eligible individuals who receive SSI. Beginning June 1st of 2019, the eligibility for CalFresh expanded to include SSI recipients. This, has not, this was not the case prior, and although many stakeholders have conducted outreach, the state believes that more outreach enrollment effort is needed to help newly eligible people sign up for the benefit. During the next few months, the department will evaluate community need for outreach, strategize with internal and external stakeholders on the best way to utilize the funding for its purpose, and develop a plan of action that will include one or more of our community-based partners. It's the department's intent to implement the action plan we develop by the summer of 2023. Thank you again for your time and consideration. If you have any questions, um, I will do my best to answer those now. Okay, great. Any questions from commissioners on this item? I think I just wanted to underline the importance of the, uh, it was so important when SSI people got that additional uh, benefit, which is so necessary and not an extra. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, just so good to hear that uh, how you're thinking of innovative ways to do enhanced outreach. So let's hope more people get that benefit that they deserve. So, Thank you. Yeah, that was good to read about. Um, then here, if there's no other comments from commissioners, do we have anyone from the public who wanted to um, comment on item 14B? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on agenda item B? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item 14B. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, are there any callers in the queue? And moderator says no callers. Thank you. All right, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve item B from commissioners? So moved. So moved. 
Commissioner Jung moved. I think I heard, I, I don't know who I heard first. <laughs> I'll say it was. I'll say it was Commissioner Sklar, um, and I, and I, can we have a roll call vote on item B? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Weiss Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Okay. Thank you, commissioners, and thank you. Um, the next order of business is agenda item C. It requires a vote by the commission requesting author authorization to modify the existing grant with Visitation Valley Neighborhood Association for the provision of community services at 66 Raymond Avenue for the period of November 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2024 in the additional amount of $120,200 plus a 10% contingency for a revised total amount not to exceed $181,720 in staff uh, Sarah Chan will be presenting this item. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Commissioner, Executive Director, dear man. My name is Sarah Chan, Program Analyst from Office of Community Partnerships. And um, today I'm seeking your approval to modify the existing community services grant with Visitation Valley Neighborhood Association, VVNA. And um, there are actually two components in this modification. The first component is an in annual funding increase of $50,000, which is provided through the Board of Supervisors ABAC process to enhance community program offerings for older adults and adults with disabilities in Visitation Valley. The second component in this modification is to extend VVNA's current grant term with one-year extension until June 30th, 2024. VVNA has provided services to the community since 2014, but last year, uh, VVNA started contract with the city, receiving funding support to provide community services program at 66 Raymond Avenue. VVNA's programs are well-received and popular in the community. Participants are mostly low-income, monolingual, Chinese-speaking residents from District 10. Activity offerings under this grant, including daily stretching exercise, walking, singing, tai chi, and dancing, and uh, it, including a very uh, special group Dancing exercise, which is very popular in China, is also called um, public square dancing. Um, and um, so those pro programs are very popular. And classes are offered weekly, seven days a week. Most classes are offered in person at 66 Raymond Avenue, with some singing classes are right now offered through virtually. The program hires bilingual Chinese and English subcontractors and class instructors to carry out all aspects of the program management and operation. And in the budget, about 65% of the budget will support the subcontractors' work, and about 35% will support the program operational and indirect cost. And during the fiscal year 2021 and 22. The, um, the program review. The grantee has met the service objective and expectation. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Okay, thank you so much. Um, do we have any questions from commissioners? Did you? I, do, I do have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my question, um, thank you. I appreciate the, your, the explanation and details regarding, and I just wanted to clarify um, the information is presented in the documents. Um, I, I read about the different classes and I heard your description of classes and it sounds excellent. Um, so as far as the modification, is it basically funding for more classes, additional classes? Is that what this is for? So basically the, um, the funding, if you're looking at the original funding for 22-23 is significantly less. Right. So the original funding is only 15000 I believe. And um, so it's really going to help the, the, uh, the agency to continue to provide classes. 
And so the classes has been offered at a site about 100, 150 hours monthly. Mm -hmm. And um, but at this time, they pretty much exhaust the funding. So um, the APEC is really able to allow the agency to continue the services uh, at the location. Okay, so there's mainly classes. Because uh, what I was looking at is um, the information in the attached appendix. Um, it talks about various services, activity scheduling, translation, social services, enhanced outreach. And I, when I look at the service objectives um, in the appendix, um, it, I noted that there are no hours allocated for translation, social services, or enhanced outreach, and that it's just hours that are uh, allocated to activity scheduling. I just want to make sure that this is what. That is correct, and it's a really good question. And um, but the staff, well, the subcontractors at that uh, for that program, actually uh, they are well aware of other resources and they collaborate uh, with other agencies. So they will make referrals if needed, um, but they are not, ex uh, they do not have the expertise providing other community services. Their specialties and their focus is providing community services Pro program, the activity, the activity programs. The different classes you described that, and also that's described in this document. Correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I just had a comment. I just wanted to comment that I'm really happy to see additional services um, being happening in Visitation Valley. There is a, you know, a service, a lack of service in that particular District 10. I live in District 10, so. Uh, <laughs> I am. I'm fully aware of that. So I'm glad to see that that's actually happening. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Um, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item C? Is there any members of the public that would like to comment on item C? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comments on agenda item C. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, are there any callers in the queue? The moderator says there's no callers, so thank you. Okay, then hearing, hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve agenda item C? So moved. From uh, Vice President Spears and a second. Second. Commissioner Jung, um, can we call, call the roll on agenda item C, please? President Martha Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yeah. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Great. Thank you, commissioners. And thank you. And the next order of business is agenda item D and requires a vote by the commission requesting authorization to modify the existing grant with swords to plowshares for the provision of community services for veterans for the period of November 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2023 in the additional amount of $222,510 plus a 10% contingency for a revised total amount not to exceed $863,792 and uh, Palo Salto will be presenting this item who is appearing uh, from our, our uh, WebEx environment. So welcome. Thank you. Am I coming across clearly? Yep. And we can see okay. you too. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> At least, yes. Okay. We're, you're um, fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good morning, Commissioner, the Executive Director Dimmerman. My name is Paula Salta, Acting Program Manager with the Office of Community Partnerships. I want to start by giving a brief, back, brief background on this grant and the Veterans Community Center. Uh, Swords to Plowshares envisions a center where all veterans can find respite, community connection, education, access to health care, therapy, group support, and a place veterans can access when after all local services are closed. The center will offer programming that include mental health services, clinical case management, financial empowerment services, legal services, employment and job training, homelessness prevention, housing placement, and community referrals for substance use treatment and healthcare. DOCS is supporting the center through a community services grant, which is the grant that we are requesting to modify today. 
Um, as noted in the memo, this modification will expand services by adding a licensed psychiatric technician and be the conduit between the veteran and their medical provider. They will connect veterans with mental health and medical care through the, through the VA or other facilities and assist in setting up medication reminders and completing medical paperwork. This modification will also fund a peer specialist who will help with the day-to-day -day operations of the center, engage with veterans regarding their overall well-being, and assist with internal service linkages. The grantee is currently building out their third floor to expand the space of the center, and once completed, extended hours on weeknights and weekends will begin. Source of Plowshare is aware of the one-time nature of these dollars and will advocate again through the Board of Supervisors' ADVAC process and other organizations to secure ongoing funding. They are using the data they collect this year to show program impact in the community. Of course, OCP and DOS will have open communication with Source of Plowshare throughout this process. I seek your approval on this modification and open to any questions that the commissioners may have. Great, thank you very much. Do we have any questions from commissioners? I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, it's so out of proportion to other funding that it goes up to a not to exceed eight hundred sixty-three thousand. Can you explain why that is so different from all the other allocations? I, let me. There was a little bit of the. the I, you were breaking up a little bit. It's a question. Why yeah. is it the allocation at two hundred? Thousand compared to the other allocations. Is that mm -hmm. am I understanding no, correctly? No, the eight hundred. I'm not asking about the two twenty. I'm asking about the eight hundred and sixty-three. Oh, the current amount. Is that the question? So, just addressing the full amount. Is that Commissioner Sklar? What? What you had a question about? I had a question about um, why the the, um, the not, not not to exceed amount is so much larger. Okay. It goes up to eight hundred and sixty-three. Oh, because that um, that spans the complete grant term. So that is until um, FY twenty six twenty seven. So it it it's called oh. annual totals. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions from commissioners? Hearing none, then would, do we want to, uh, anyone from the public who wishes to comment on agenda item D? Are there any members of the public that would like to comment on agenda item D? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on agenda item D. We'll allow some time for callers to submit their queue, their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Moderator says there are no callers. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. Is there a motion to approve item D? From I move. From Commissioner Bittner, a second from Vice President Spears. Uh, could we call the roll uh, for item D? President Martha Knutson, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Janet Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sasha Bittner, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Wanda Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. And Commissioner Barbara Sklar, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. We have a unanimous vote. Great. And I think our next item is public comment. Commissioners, item 15 is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the commission. Are there any members of the public that would like to address the commission today? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We allow some time for callers to submit their request. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? And there's no callers. Thank you. Then um, are there any announcements? Okay, hearing none, we may have made a record in terms of how 
quickly this <laughs> meeting went through, so thank you. But also, uh, thank you again, commissioners, for paying uh, such attention to the details of this and staff. And I just want to extend my best wishes for a good holiday, since we won't see you again until December. So, our, for one of three, two of three holidays. I think we were all probably celebrating Halloween this year as well. But please enjoy that holiday with your friends and family, and uh, we'll see you in December. So I'll adjourn the meeting. Thank you.